welcome to The Hormone Suite, where we talk about all things hormonal and how our hormones can positively or negatively govern our lives. We examine the intersection between our external and internal environments and empower you to become hormonally literate. This podcast was created to demystify and destigmatize hormones so that you can become part of a new generation of people who are the masters of their own health. I'm Talia Minot. And I'm Gemma Martin. And we're very excited for you to join us on this journey. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Hormone Suite podcast. I'm so excited today to have Soler on the podcast with me. I met Soler at a beautiful birth expo at the start of July this year in Northern Rivers and she is a local Ayurvedic practitioner and today we're going to have a little bit of a chat about preconception, pregnancy and postpartum and I'm really excited to have her because it's a I guess I have very little knowledge in this area. I studied in more than Western, um, I guess, nutrition, medicine, and I always found it really interesting. And the parts that I've learned along my way about it, I really resonate with. And so I'm really excited to share this all with you. So welcome, Soleil. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, Talia. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here and share this conversation with you and your audience. And I guess a beautiful element to this too at the moment is you are actually 30 weeks pregnant, which is really beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Loving pregnancy. So, so beautiful. Mm. So I guess to start with, I'd love to chat about how you actually got into Ayurveda. What, I guess, drew you there? Because, you know, it's it's a different culture, it's a different medicine. So what was it that actually drew you to it in the first place? Yeah, so I got into Ayurveda through my husband, Dylan, uh, who's been studying and practicing for at least a decade now. Mm. Very passionate man and very devoted to this science. I When I met him, I'd been searching for this science, this tradition and this medicine. I was very into yoga and starting into the, like diving deeper into meditation, which is all comes from the Veda, where it's where Ayurveda, meditation, yoga, Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology and Vedic architecture come from. It's a big science body of knowledge. And so when I met Dylan, it was a straight away thing that I didn't doubt about and just started learning from him and the Rajus who are this family of doctors that live in South India in Hyderabad and are our teachers and our mentors, our guides in this path and in this ever-ending, non-ever-ending journey of studying and evolving and growing in this science. So yes, we've been working together now for four years, which is amazing. And we both do different things, but we really complement each other. And we, I guess we, yeah, we do this family business together. My brother is also involved and very into it as well from he's living in India. So yes, it's a family business and we are all very passionate about healing and bringing perfect health into the world and, and reminding ourselves of our true nature. That's probably the main role and intention of Ayurveda is the reminding of the 
memory, this cellular memory of perfect health that we all have in our body. It's not much of depict, uh, picking up the diseases and attacking them or trying to go into them, but more reminding the body of that ability to heal. I love that. And you have a business together. I didn't know it was a full family business. That's really beautiful called Vital Vader for anyone who's interested. And that's one element I actually really love about um, Ayurveda is, and I've heard this before and I could be misquoting this slightly, so you might be able to correct me here, but that sickness isn't really a thing with Ayurveda. The body is always in perfect health and it's just doing what it needs to at that time. Exactly. Yeah. So I, as I said, Ayurveda is a science, a science, it means the science of life is a Sanskrit word and is how to remind your body of that cellular memory of perfect health that we all have. We were all born perfectly healthy, even if we were missing an organ uh, part of our body the, the in the cellular memory we all have that perfect health mm. and so we according to different variables that is environment diet lifestyle and ways of living we all have fluctuations and deviations of this perfect health but in the cellular memory is still there so it's mainly when we fluctuate and go into this different variables that might affect the health of our body and our mind and consciousness is through Ayurvedic practices, which are lifestyle, diet, herbs, and potential body treatments, you remind the body of that perfect health. And uh, yeah, you you don't go into the disease. That's why it's so important to work with a practitioner that you can fully surrender. It's one of the main principles of Ayurveda is like have the discernment and be able to choose the practitioner, the Vedya, the Ayurvedic physician that you trust. And then you can fully surrender your health and you are in the best hands and you don't need to think about your disease. You can allow your body to heal naturally through these different practices. Mm, I love that. That sounds incredible. So I want to ask in 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 relation to choosing your practitioner, I was thinking about it before when you were talking about your teachers. How did your teachers come about? How does that happen in terms of Ayurveda? Did you choose them or do they choose you or how does that work? Yeah. Well, that's that's a very interesting question because you never know if you choose them or they choose you or the universe just puts you in the right time, in the right place for that's them true. to happen, to be in my life. Yeah, But uh, I guess I got to know about them and learn with them and be so connected to this family of doctors, which is, I realize such an ancient knowledge. So it's, people say 3000 years, 5000 years, it's, it comes from the rishis from, it's being cognized yeah thousands of years ago but it's just re this knowledge is being re-enlivened and there's only a few families of doctors that have this unbroken lineage of knowledge that's been passed down with that purity and that sattva and that integrity of the knowledge because not because of a bad intention or oh 
something, but it's because there's been so many invasions in India and in Asia. So there's been so many uh, barriers and, and rocks in the journey of this knowledge being passed down, being such an ancient knowledge. So I have the privilege and honor to work and study and be connected to this family of doctors who've been doing this for many, many generations in such a pure and devoted way. And I got to know them through Dylan because he's been working and learning with them for, yeah, more than a decade. Um, and it all happened through his mother, um, who 15 years ago, she had a breast cancer and she was already meditating, practicing Vedic meditation. And through her teacher, um, she got into Ayurveda and she decided she didn't want to do the therapies that the mainstream health system was offering for healing the breast cancer. So she decided to remove the cancer and then instead of doing chemo or radiotherapy, go to India and do panchakarma, which is a deep Ayurvedic detoxification and rejuvenation and purification program. And through that, she got basically very into it because she was able to heal her illness and, and what was happening, this fluctuation in her body and her mental state. And, and her family got very interested, of course, because seeing your mother being healed uh, in this natural and, and you know, physiological way. Um, so she, they, uh, through her, Dylan got into Ayurveda. He was studying architecture at that time and he decided, he realized that architecture was not his path and, wow. and got into the Rajus. And then he was only 19 years old and decided to stay studying with them and 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 spend many months per year in their clinic and devoted to to his practice and so I guess when I met him and I saw his devotion and and the way he was learning and how he he is so so passionate of bringing the Ayurveda into the world and making it accessible for everyone because it it can feel like a bit far away because as you said, it, it can seem like it's a different culture, but mm -hmm. Ayurveda, the, the primal Ayurvedic knowledge is universal. It's not Indian medicine. It's, it's universal principles that we can all apply in our lives, wherever we live, wherever we are at with kids, families, and it's, it needs to be easy and and an easy way to integrate it in your daily routine. Mm. Wow. What a powerful story. Hey, and what a trajectory yeah. of life. That's incredible. So let's jump into what we're going to chat about today. Preconception. Yes. And this is something that you chatted a little bit about at the birth expo. And I loved your talk there, which was when I was like, okay, we need to get her on the podcast because I'm very passionate about preconception, um, which many of our listeners know. I went on my first preconception journey around seven years ago. And in the Western world, I did an 18-month journey. They couldn't really understand why I was doing it or what I was doing it for. And now it's definitely got a little bit of momentum, which is incredible because I think it is one of the most important aspects of life. And when you were at the talk, you were talking about the 
Ayurveda perspective of um, preconception. I didn't realize there was one. So I'd love to delve into that a little bit. Yes. So as you said, and my teachers always say, and they're very big on this, it's like if there's one time of your life you're going to attend to your health, is in preconception. Mm. Because why is this? Because the state of your seat and your partner's seat in this physical and mental state of your being is going to be the baseline of this new creation. So if you want to invest in your future generations and of course in your own health and your own well-being because it all affects like it's what you're creating but then it's the effect that it has in your own being it's in the preconception time so it it's called in ayurveda it's called bija shuddhi which means uh, bija is seed and shuddhi is purification so it's the purification of the seed uh, in this time of preconception. And um, there's so many beautiful things to do at this time. And it doesn't need to be straining or feel like mm. a lot of people, when I was preparing myself, inclusive, including my family, they were asking me like, but Sole, you don't know if you are infertile. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you putting so much effort and so much time and consciousness into this process? And I said, no, I know I'm very fertile. Like I can feel my fertility, but I want to even enhance it and create the maximum potential mm -hmm. of this creation that I'm attending. So uh, of course I will do it. If there's anything that I can do that is under my control to to purify my own body and nourish my own body because I will speak about the different stages of this BJ Shudi process but and then enhance the health of my future child I'm going to do it of course there's no doubt and hesitation like why not but I know for some people it might sound that it can be straining or a lot of effort to put into something that like oh I know I can have kids like I know I can do it yeah we we probably you can and and maybe not that unfortunately there's a big epidemic on on infertility nowadays and we are facing it and there's a lot of work to be done in this aspect but even if you know that you are very fertile because you already know it you felt pregnant or you can feel it it's such a good opportunity to attend to your health. Um, so basically in Ayurveda, there's the two stages of this process. So it's the purification and detoxification part of it, which is the first part. And then it's the nourishing part. So I spent um, almost five months in India last year, and it doesn't need to be five months. Like, um, We've been working for one and a half years in this process, and I decided to spend five months in India. But you can do it from home. You can do it in your own terms with your family working. Um, I'm going to share from my experience what I did, and everyone else can, you know, adapt it to your own current conditions, and it doesn't need to look like to what I did. Um, but yeah, we started preparing one and a half years before. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. And, and 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 time, it was divine timing, you know, like I guess nature wanted us to dive very deep in this process. And 
I feel really blessed because I my pregnancy has been amazing and I feel really good and I'm sure that this is going to really impact my postpartum and of course the health of my child. Absolutely. Um so in the yeah, so in the detoxification program um it's mainly taking following some diet herbs and I was doing panchakarma which is a deep detoxification program in India through lots of different treatments. And this, I was fully guided by my teachers, by my gurus, my doctors. So that's what I said. Like I was not involved in like the thinking and my mind being like analyzing, oh, what's happening in my body right now? What is he trying to attend? So it's all about feeling the pulse and they are masters in pulse diagnosis. They can feel my pulse and know what's in balance, what happened with my parents, what happened with my grandparents on both sides. It's pretty amazing um, method of diagnosis. And and I was I was fully surrendered and I am fully surrendered to their guidance. And and so I spent quite a few months doing this panchakarma with them and doing the banana treatment, which is a special treatment that my my teachers offer in India and they travel the world to offer it because it's mainly for hormonal health and reproductive right. health and fertility. And it's very simple. You just take a medicine. It's called banana treatment because the herbs are on a little piece of banana and you follow a certain diet during those days. And ideally women can do it during their bleed time because that's the time which we are purifying the most and um and that's a very important thing that i want to mention so okay i went to india for a few months but i've started attending to my fertility my cycle my hormones very long time ago by attending to my my menstruation, my bleed, my blood time, and my full cycle. So adapting what I do, how I live, and what I eat, and and my environment during that that whole cycle, because we have the magic and the power every month to purify. We have an opportunity, like literally nature is giving us an opportunity every month to purify our seed. And to say, okay, this is a full reset of the cycle. How do you wanna, mm. how do you wanna experience it? And the and the menstruation is like such a report card of what happened in the rest of the cycle. So it's not like only okay, what do I do when I'm bleeding? It's like what's happening, the rest of the cycle, and we can feel it. We can see it whenever we have a more stressful time or demanding time and uh, or emotional time, then when the bleed comes, it can be a bit more intense. It can be a bit more painful. So our body is so intelligent and, and, and fast to let us know what's happening. It's just our ability and our openness to listen and to see and want to heal in that way, like by listening and being open to receive the messages of, What's happening? What am I feeling? Don't like just bypass and think that having a, a painful menstruation is a normal thing because it's not, it shouldn't be like that. It can feel, it can be natural process to feel sensations and have the, the intensity of emotions, but PMS and 
all these things that are really nowadays normalized mm. it's not it's it's normalized but it's not natural you're speaking and, and that's a big <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's a big thing that's a really big thing to attend off so we don't need to wait till the pro the moment of our lives that we want to have kids to attend to this we can do it right now when we are 12 13 when we get our first menarche and then whenever we are at in whenever it's whatever stage of our life even if we don't want to have kids attending to this um bija the fertility it's like it's in ayurveda it's so related the shukradatu which is the reproductive health tissue is what takes to ojas and ojas is our fertility our vitality mm. our immunity so if our reproductive tissue is well nourished that's gonna lead to a high vitality and high immunity so even if we don't want to have kids and that's why I'm always like putting so much emphasis like because so many women is like no I'm not interested in having kids great but you still can attend and do so much for your own health and well-being and vitality so um yeah so I guess the first thing is saying attending to your cycle and and to your bleed and what what how you want to experience it and Ayurveda is very big on the bleed time basically resting taking taking at least one or three days like much more gentle pace not exercising not having sexual activity and uh eating very uh easily digestible foods because you want your agni your digestive fire and the whole um the, the strength of your body to be in the womb, to be in that downward movement called Apanavata in Ayurveda. So it is, there's quite a few things and, and we have a beautiful guide to a he healthy menstruation in our website, which Dylan and I created. It's, it's so in-depth and, and things that everyone can follow and everyone can do in their own homes. It's nothing crazy and you don't need to buy anything expensive. It's like yeah how to how to follow those days according to the ayurvedic principles amazing yeah i think you've just you know you've really touched on like the key concept of fertility is the menstrual cycle and it's it's incredible that so much has been normalized over the years in terms of all these symptoms that people experience and that's something that when we do our preconception programs a big part of it is just allowing women to understand their cycle exactly when they're ovulating exactly what's going on with their hormones because I truly believe if you understand your cycle you actually understand yourself better and it's an unfortunate totally. thing that is not taught we were never taught it so it's I'm never bringing shame upon women for not knowing when they're ovulating or bleeding or which comes first or whatever but I love teaching women that because I truly believe this stuff should be taught to us we should have been taught this in school this should have been one of the key things um, but it's not but it's such a crucial element to just understanding self I truly believe yeah yeah no definitely and and that's the thing as well for but when I have um, clients that that they maybe are not interested in having kids and I'm like, okay, but you still live like in a community, you might have 
uh, nephews, uh, like nieces and, and nephews and the future generations or cousins of family or community that like we can we can bring so much richness by sharing this knowledge and education with our communities like it's not only for ourselves we are like if we learn and we educate ourselves on on this the importance of attending our menstruation and our cycle and our vitality we can bring so much goodness to our communities and right. i think this is what's going to impact what's coming next and 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 you know we, if we want to create a better world like it needs to attend like with well we can speak about the mother the importance and and and, and the importance of the mother in the in the vedic tradition but yeah women's health is it's primordial it's yeah yeah I agree and it's something I I always say I'm like a well-nourished woman means a well-nourished family a well-nourished community and a well-nourished world I just feel like there is such an epicenter of wealth health knowledge in the woman and I think it's so important for the whole world really yeah yes yeah totally I was just going to ask, so you said your journey was around five months that you went really deep into this. I mean, you obviously have been doing it prior to that. Does the Ayurvedic perspective have a set time in terms of how long they recommend that you are on your preconception journey for or not so much? Yes. So the minimum is like three months. So that would be probably the minimum that like in order to have this bijeshuri process of purification purifying the the seed and nourishing then your body because if you are detoxifying then you need to make sure to build and nourish the tissues and everything and in your body for then after that and and after that nourishing stage you wait at least one cycle um to start trying mm-hmm. um yeah, so that's the minimum, but it can go for one, two years beyond. And I would say some some of our clients come and they're like, okay, but I just want to do it now or conceive next month or I, I don't want to wait. And some people like the, the, the impatience or anxiety of thinking that the time is ticking. And what I always explain and, and we're put a lot of focus is like by doing this program and, and and fully investing in this you're actually reversing your biological age so you feel that the time is ticking but you're actually like gaining more time so it's so it's so important and some people are there some others are not there and it, that's totally fine like we work with everything we don't push anyone to yes. follow any timeline it's more like what feels right for you yeah and 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 yeah it needs to feel true true to yourself yeah and so did your partner Dylan was he involved is there is there a really strong emphasis on the male as well in this preconception journey Yes, definitely. It's 50-50. So he, we both prepared for the same amount of time and we both went, we've done lots of things from here, from home. And then we went, both went to India for the same amount of time and we both did Panchakarma and the nourishing program. And I did the banana treatment. Um, 
quite a few times and he did other special treatments for, on his own and we were all guided by by our teachers and and that's the beauty of what I was sharing of having a practitioner a physician that you can trust that we were yeah fully like surrendered and enjoying the process and not thinking about it and 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 because we truly like value their wisdom it's like yeah what of course it needs to feel right in in your own self and intuition it's like you need to do because it it's something that you want to do but it's been such a blissful process of and and we had times of oh maybe we want to do it now like we're ready and then realizing afterwards like that they had such a bigger plan that we couldn't see and perceive that it was of course like that divine timing that yeah if it it's it's that's why it's very important to have that discernment of who you choose and who you work with and and it's hard in the western world because we're all very skeptical of maybe maybe we're not but like majority of the people we have as that healthy skepticism with doctors and we don't can't fully trust um so i guess it's we're working with the right person and and someone that you can yeah fully surrender mm. because i assume there yeah. was also a lot of body treatment involved because that's a big aspect of ayurveda right is a lot of the body treatments yes. that are given yeah yes yeah. so there's a lot of body treatment. So Panchakarma in, in the clinic, in the Raju clinic, it's basically like five, six treatments per day. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a lot of treatments, a lot of oils, a lot of oils coming through in through your different orifices <laughs> of your body. <laughs> but, um, and it can, it can bring up a lot. Look, it, it can, it, there were moments of, you know, feeling the unstressing, but at at that time it was okay. This is this, when we are feeling the unstressing. It's like, oh, I wish I I didn't have to do this treatment, or oh, I wish they could do this something else. Um, we realize the power of this these treatments and the power of of this medicine that is bringing up things of our, parts of ourselves the shadow you know like things that we don't want to face and irritation and anxiety or frustration and it's just so important that that comes out and witness it and be able to hold that space for my own self and and as becoming as a mother it's mm. it's just biggest blessing to to be able to see those parts of myself and 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 be okay with that and allow them to flow and move through me and yeah and and we both did and we both were very invested my teachers are like they always say like if if your partner look if if you can do it yourself it's amazing but if your partner is also involved it mm. really takes it to the next level yeah. and they say that because the majority of people that get into this or are it's women there's more women willing to do this process and journey and invest time in themselves in in the preconception rather than men but saying that is growing and there's more Definitely men shifting. that want to yeah, it's definitely shifting and more men that want to bring this conscious moment of their lives and, and they're, they're, they can see the power of it. And whether or not, you know, also there's been a lot of talk lately about sperm health and the decline of sperm health and maybe that's also 
kind of in men triggered a little bit of scare or fear or whatever it might be but I think it's so great to now see men as well you know when I first started practicing and was offering preconception it was very rare that a guy would come to a consult and if he would he would maybe come to the first consult and kind of sit there very awkwardly for as long as he had to and then be like okay can I leave now Whereas now men are really (laughs) willing to come and they're even having their own sessions with me. And it's so great to see men actually stepping up because, you know, not only are you obviously conceiving a child, which is, I just don't think there's much bigger than that in the world, but it's also so great for your health and your development. And would you not just want to be the most amazing version of yourself bringing your child into this world so that you can be the most amazing version of yourself for them I just to me there is nothing else I would want more totally totally it's such an example to to give to your future generations of course it's for your own being but like if you want to mirror that to your children and and it's yeah it's not what you say it's what you do and if they know that you did that for them to come into this world it's for me it's like the most inspiring thing and and, and powerful thing knowing that your parents consciously wanted you to be here in the in the, the most pure um highest state of health yeah absolutely so i know we chatted off air about this but i'd love you to like touch on it briefly about pregnancy and how in Ayurveda there's not so much emphasis actually on pregnancy can you explain why that is yes yes so um there's a few different parts first in Ayurveda is and my teachers are quite big in first trimester like keep it really very low key because it's all um the fetus, which is called garva in Sanskrit, is very um, at, at an energetic point in the first trimester. So there's lots of variables that can play into the formation of, of this fetus of the baby. So it's just really keeping it low key and, and resting lots and, and, and just like continue taking actually with in the first trimester we continue taking the fertility herbs to fully establish the baby um which is yeah it is really important because it's in the first trimester is considered like it's not fully established if there's so much energy still um going on and and also there's a thing called the dosha drishti which is the vision of other people into your baby so that's why you want to keep it low-key and only keep it to people um, or your intimate circle that you know and sometimes we might not know that they might have unconscious or subconscious thoughts of you being pregnant and so if these people might have any fear around your pregnancy that can affect energetically to the baby Mm. and so yeah this is something that a lot of people might misinterpret in in the west because they think oh why shouldn't I share like I just want to share with everyone I'm so it's such a happy moment of my life I want to share with my loved ones and 
beyond and it's it's really beautiful and I felt that in the first trimester I was like oh it's such a good news uh, but at the same time it's like preserving that treasure because it's still very movable and energetically so that's one point that um Ayurveda is quite big and 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 then the reason for why there's not many pregnancy things to do is because in pregnancy um is like you've done the big work according to the ayurvedic principles it's like you've done the big job of the preconception and the purifying the seed and nourishing the seed and it finally happened you continue taking the fertility herbs for the first trimester you keep it um, in very like gentle and you rest a lot but then you just enjoy pregnancy in in uh, according to the ayurvedic lens is mainly to enjoy and the mother to be happy and blissful and in a good state so if the mother is going through which we i guess by this point we all know that if the mother is going through a very hard time or has any traumatic experience during pregnancy that instantly by nature your baby being inside of you is going to receive all of that so Ayurveda says like that it's the time pregnancy is the time for the mother to be the most blissful and happy and do things that give pleasure to herself and enjoy like that's why if you have any cravings or you have anything any desires that you feel that you need to fulfill it's really important during pregnancy to fulfill those desires because your heart is fully connected with the baby's heart so by fulfilling those desires you are fulfilling baby's desires from past lifetimes from this coming lifetime and for what's coming so especially in the fourth month of pregnancy where the heart is fully being formed so all the desires that the mother has are very connected to the baby's desires so some women and it's very fascinating some women might have like oh I feel like I need to go and visit this old friend or call this old friend that I haven't seen in ages I actually don't understand why this desire is coming into my field but it's really important for you to fulfill it. It can be something, an action you need to take or something you need to do or eat or, yeah, the full spectrum of desires. But in the fourth month, that's the main thing. So there's things happening in every month of pregnancy. And also there's this different, like a herb for the different stages of formation of the of the baby okay. in the womb, yeah. which is so beautiful. Uh, so you yeah, take a different herb in every month. Wow. So you yes. take the same herb for the first trimester and then a different herb yes. after. Yeah. So starting from the fourth month, uh, there's a special herb for every month of pregnancy wow. until the end. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. Um, I've been loving it. And yeah, um, wait. Yeah, and then the the main principle for pregnancy, uh, according to Ayurveda, is eating high, rich prana foods. So because you are creating life, life is in full creation mode. You wanna 
enhance your foods with high prana. So what does this mean? Foods that are fresh cooked and with, of course, nourishing elements and, and cooked with love, very important, but not avoid reheating um, and like, yeah, reheating or freezing foods because that highly reduces the prana of the foods and, and, and the ability of that food to be in creation mode in your body, which is called the rasa datu in Ayurveda is the ability of the food to straight away create rasa, the fluids. So if, yeah, you can be eating the most like organic and, 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 and nourishing things. But then if you're like reheating all the time and, and you're reducing a lot, the, the life prana is the life force of the food. So, and following yeah what the mother desires because as we you know probably during pregnancy there <laughs> is uh so many things that you don't want to eat and it's okay like your body's speaking your body's your intuition your body is so connected and you just do what you body is asking for and don't push yourself to eat anything that you don't want to eat like there's so many women that come to us and they're like no but I read in this book that I should be mm -hmm. eating this and this thing and it's like but I'm I get into my meal time I'm about to eat it and I'm like, like the yeah. notion it's like your body's saying no follow what your body <laughs> needs like why would you push yourself to eat something that like you don't want to eat exactly. It is actually, it's quite hilarious. It's the only time in my life that I want croissants. I am not a croissant <laughs> person whatsoever, but it is the only time in my life that I have eaten croissants, like not, not a crazy amount, but I, we like joke that my last child was going to be a croissant baby because it's the only <laughs> time that I'm like, I must just like tap into my inner French or something. Not that I know I have any I French that. ancestry. I don't even know if I have any, but I must mm. tap into that. I love that. I'm that. And I'm, <laughs> yes, it's 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 so beautiful and interesting. And I had that as well with almond croissants. I've never been into almond croissants. And I had a month in pregnancy that was like, I want an almond croissant. And Dylan was like, great, go for it. Like, enjoy yeah. it. Have the best time with your almond <laughs> croissant, you know? Like, I love that. Yes. <laughs> the Ayurvedic perspective is very sweet because I see that too, you know, in, in clinic a lot, particularly in the first trimester where women are, probably eating a lot more carbohydrates than what they're used to. And they're like, oh, I feel like I'm missing, you know, all these things. And I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. Your mm. body needs, there's so much energy going into the creation of that baby. Now your body probably needs that extra energy and it's okay. And it's amazing how with each trimester to our needs and wants shift as well. So I guess it's not being attached to, to what's occurring during that time as well. Totally. Yeah. So important to, to have that compassionate view and not like force or push yourself to do anything that your body is saying no. So in, I'm interested in pregnancy in Ayurveda, is there, because body treatments are a big part of Ayurveda, is that something that is also in pregnancy as well or not so much? It's just more about the herb. Yeah, not too much in pregnancy because also the um on one hand side the, the energy that's involved by receiving treatment so we do pregnancy abhyanga um not in the first trimester and not in the eighth month so this is really 
beautiful to share. So in in Ayurveda, they say that the eight months is where the the mother and the baby are exchanging ojas and ojas is their vitality and immunity. So there's a constant exchange about it. That's why it's actually like medical science shows that generally premature babies are born more towards the seventh month rather than the eighth month. Like um, obstetricians want to bring the babies more into the, the seventh month if there's something that's going on with the baby rather than in the eighth month of pregnancy, but they don't actually know why. And it's because of this thing, this delicacy. So it's such a delicate time. The eighth month, they say in, in Ayurveda, it's almost like the first trimester that you want to really keep it low and gentle and no much movement, avoid vata aggravating things. So um, yeah, which is, it's very fascinating. So we don't do pregnancy massage on the first trimester and on the eighth month. Oh my gosh, I love it. And I know we were yeah. going to chat about postpartum, but I'm actually just looking at the time and I don't think we're going to have time. So maybe we're going to have to get you back to chat about postpartum. Yes. Oh, there's so much to share, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we can do it any other time. And um, yeah. I'm so glad that we we touch on all of these topics, which are so, so relevant. And I'm so, so grateful for you being here today. Thank you so, so much because everything you've shared, I feel like my heart is just like very open right now. It's just been so beautiful mm. to hear a different perspective on all things preconception and pregnancy. And it's so lovely. Like everything you've shared has been really beautiful. Oh, so nice to chat with you, Talia. Thank you very much. I yeah. really appreciate you inviting Pleasure. me to the podcast. And if people want to get in touch with you, which I'm sure there's going to be people listening now thinking, oh my gosh, this is the journey that I want to be on. How do they get in touch? Yeah, so our website is vitalveda.com.au with V both times and Instagram at vitalveda. And yeah, you can DM us or send us an email or contact form through the website. And I want to share this Oh, actually, this is not going to come out probably, but yeah, I mean, my teachers are coming this weekend on Saturday to Wednesday, but it's going to come out later. But anyways, they're coming once or twice a year, every year to share the banana treatment, the treatment that I, I did last year, five times for part of our preconception program. So, and they're coming to Byron and Sydney, Melbourne and traveling around Australia to offer this. And it's all, they don't take a penny from this treatment. They This is a medicine that's been passed down from wow. their forefathers and they need to do it for the community. Um, so yeah, if, yeah, I would say that the best way to find out when they're coming next is subscribing to our newsletter our website and you will get to know when they're coming amazing and i'll tag all of that in the um show notes so that people can get in touch with you yeah thank you amazing. so much have thank a beautiful you. day beautiful. you too enjoy okay sexy hormoners that's it for us this week please don't forget to rate review subscribe and if you need more help with your hormones, we're always here for you at The Hormone Suite Clinic. You can find us at thehormonesuite.com or on Insta at The Hormone Suite. Bye. Bye.